Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times. I edit and publish theweeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004. My co-host on our podcast, now in its fifth year, is Bruce Aldrich, and he's away on assignment this week. So I'll be doing the podcast this week uh, alone, uh, solo, as I would say. And my guest today is Greg Abbott. Uh, Everybody knows him uh, as the Reverend. Um, And uh, the Reverend or Greg, whatever you prefer, uh, welcome to our podcast. We're here to talk about your wonderful world of um, electric cars and a big event uh, coming up. So I wondered if you could just reintroduce yourself again and, and tell us your involvement in this uh, upcoming event in Dallas. Well, uh, let's see. Um, I go by Reverend Gadget, but everyone calls me Gadget. Yes. And uh, anyway, so um, I will be at this event to talk about my new show, uh, Reverend Gadget's Garage, but also um, I'm always talking about sustainability, so there's there's always that. Gotcha. When will your show debut? And I know you've had other um, iterations of the show, and you've been uh, doing it for a while. But tell us a little bit more about uh, the show, when it'll debut, what network, um, and a little bit of an overview. It, uh, it actually started a couple of weeks ago on Earth X TV. Yes. And uh, so I guess uh, yesterday was third episode. I beg your pardon for not knowing. all right i didn't hear it the last minute so i didn't know until the last minute yes and uh uh, reverend uh if you don't mind um what are the first two episodes uh entail uh with your expertise and the sustainability in the automotive world what um what gets you going well uh i actually haven't seen it yet i don't know the order of the episodes yes Um, but the thing that really gets me going is taking classic cars uh, and, you know, a lot of people do conversions, but I kind of like to go the extra mile on it. So um, I do things like I will add exterior cameras that are connected to the turn signals. So, cause a lot of these old cars, they have blind spots. So I set it up so that it turns cameras on when you're backing up or turning, um, adding AC, adding performance, uh, range, uh, and future proofing. Like now I'm making my cars uh, so you can charge with a Tesla charger, um, instead of just the J 1772. So always kind of pushing the envelope of technology with conversions. Did your, uh, interest in this start? Uh, I don't know your age. I'm assuming I'm older. I'm 68. Did your, did your interest in this start when you were a young boy, did some family member, uh, spark your interest, so to speak, in, in vehicles a long time ago? Was it brother, father, grandfather? How did you get involved? Um, well, it's interesting, you know. Uh, being ADHD, you sort of don't leave anything alone, constantly <laughs> redesigning everything. Um, you know, my first car was the Toyota I bought from my mom, but right away I decided I needed something different. So I built a car from tube steel and sheet metal, up from scratch, uh, starting at 16 years old, uh, actually 15 and a half. So by the time I was old enough to drive, I had it on the road. Um, 
but I've always been interested in cars, but I've never been fond of gasoline and hydrocarbons. So it's been well over a decade now that I've been doing electric because um, I just wanted to get away from gas. So that's been the story ever since. Gotcha. The, um, the interesting thing to me is kind of a generalist, you know, I, I came from a background with sports writing and, and have only been reporting on automobiles for about 15 years, but I don't really have any mechanical knowledge of the engines. I'm, I'm more of a guy who writes for a general interest audience, and I've, I've seen a lot of statistics, um, and I'm always hoping that the statistics increase, but it's still something like 3% or 4% of the buying public has uh, electric vehicles, if it's even that high. And do you think that that's going to change quickly, or what are your thoughts on on the um, the average person, so to speak, who may be kind of sort of interested but doesn't really know where to turn with electric vehicles? What are your thoughts on the on the industry in general? Well, you know, it, it started very slow, and um, those of us in the industry industry call this thing the Tesla effect, but it, it really happens with any car. Yes, and it's. Once someone in the neighborhood has an electric car and someone else gets a ride in it, the next thing you know, they want one. And I've, I've seen just driving around how neighborhoods over the years will start with one electric car and then suddenly there's one across the street and then one next door. And it's once you've driven electric, it's kind of hard to go back. That's true. Um, and so it's I think it's one of these things that's just going to keep on going. Um just because it's like there's it's the future what do you what do you do you can't avoid it that's you true might as well go with it you know i i think that um uh, obviously don't have the expertise that you have but the maybe dozen or so electric cars that i've driven uh in the last uh 10 years maybe i think the first one i drove was a mitsubishi miev which was um you know for a layperson pretty pretty awful <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a golf cart. Yeah, pretty much. And um, but all, all that said, the the recent ones that I've driven, you know, from the the Chevy Bolt to the Nissan Leaf to the, you know, the Q4 and and um, some even higher end ones than that. I'm I'm just amazed um, again as a person who has you know modest knowledge that uh, I tell friends just drive it with me and let's get in a situation where you have to change the lanes or maneuver through traffic. And um, not that you have to have your neck adjusted, you know, chiropractic adjustment by the acceleration, but you can pretty much do anything you want. And of course, within the, unless you're on a track somewhere, do, you know, doing it within the law. But the amazing thing to me is just how uh, more convenient and confident uh, an everyday driver can feel when they have to use acceleration at that level. Well, and there's also the, the one car driving. Yes. Because I find once, or one car, one pedal drive. Yes, I knew what you meant. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, I find that once you get used to it, um, you're not jackrabbiting off and then slamming on your brakes because, you know, why? Why You don't have to move your foot around. And I find that it it's kind of smooths out traffic because when everybody's racing ahead and, and hitting their brakes, it, you know, it, it slows everything down. Sure. But when, if everyone's one foot driving, it kind of smooths it out and things get better. Absolutely. Um, on April 21st and 23rd, you're involved in, at uh, Dallas uh, Fair Park uh, to the Earth X Electric Vehicle and Alternative Fuel Ride and Drive. That's a long title. 
Um, what do you anticipate uh, for that event? And uh, could you fill in the blanks a little bit about what uh, what the public might see there if they're, you know, in that area? Well, you know, uh, at these events, there's always the ride and ride, which is great. So yes. anybody who's got an interest, you know, who can get a ride in the car or, or actually drive it, uh, it's, you know, again, it's that electric car effect. You can get them in it and trying it, uh, it'll change minds. So, and then just people looking around and seeing, because I know at, at past events, there have been uh, other converters and showing what they've done and uh, and all sustainability products, charge stations and you know, whatever green products are going to be there. So it's just showing that there's a possibility to make, to make change and have a, you know, have a better world. Right. Now you're based in LA. I'm reading uh, some of the background information that was sent to me. Uh, LA, um, I'm just going to go out on the limb here and say it's, it's, if you're in Northern California and you drive to Southern California, let's just say on interstate five, everything's delightful until you go over the grapevine and then, uh, it's a whole new world. Um, what are you finding with the electric vehicles in L.A.? Is, is it some of that in, uh, situation that you just mentioned where the electric vehicles may on some small way be opening up um, the, the the nightmare that is sometimes Los Angeles area traffic? Oh, electric cars are everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, it was maybe eight years ago, you'd see Priuses everywhere. Now you see the same thing with electric cars. Uh, big changes. Um, and I'm looking forward to our air getting cleaner, and it's already pretty good. When I was a kid, my eyes used to burn just being outside. But, yes. Uh, but now it's it's pretty great. We can see, and it'll just get cleaner. And uh, I know with more electric cars... Uh, it's only going to get better. Nothing worse than sitting in traffic. Well, when you're in an electric car, you notice that every car around you stinks. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because yeah. <laughs> like, you don't smell your own car. You roll the window down. It's like, oh, my God, that guy needs a tune-up. Um, yes. That's a, one of the fun things, too, is an electric car, when you, you pull up to, you know, like I drive a convertible, and I'll pull up to an intersection, and I hear, I'll hear people say, oh, nice car. And I go, oh, thanks. And they're amazed that I can hear them. But since my car is not making any noise, I can hear everything all around me. Yeah. Having a conversation with other people in their electric cars because you don't have this wall of noise around you. Yes. I'm looking at the list of vehicles that are scheduled to be at this event. Um, the Nissan Araya, if I'm saying it correct. And Nissan Leaf, of course, has been around for a bit. The Audi uh, Q4 e-tron, Chevy Bolt, Lucid Air, the Polestar 2. The Volvo C40 and the Volvo XC40, which I'll be driving next week. By the way, it's, I'm looking forward to that car. Um, cool. Do you own a few of these uh, cars yourself, or as daily drivers, or are they? Do you have them for your show, or all, all different areas of uh, of what you do with electric vehicles? Tell me a little bit about your collection, or how. Well, my daily drivers are conversions that I've done. Yes. So I have a bathtub Porsche which is really quick and fun. Yes. Um, and then for my business, I'm converting a 47 Ford pickup truck. It's pretty slick. And, you know, you'll be able to raise the hood and use it as a front because there's everything is under the bed. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I have one hybrid. And the only reason why I keep it is when I do conversions, they always bring the car in with gas in it. And I don't, you know, it's what, what do you do with the old gas? So 
I have one hybrid that I can put the old gas in, so at least I have something to do with it. Yes. Okay. And um, I'm going to jump over without much transition here, uh, but you're an ordained minister, uh, I read, and as Reverend Gadget, do you still have people asking you to perform wedding ceremonies or to uh, baptize do. their child or what? what's going on in your Reverend world? <laughs> yeah, I still, I still get, you know, uh, well, in the show, you, my, my weirdness comes out, all the crazy things that I do. So, sure. Um, yes, I still do weddings for friends in my freakish community that I have, which is kind of a mix of Burning Man and just art weirdos. Yeah. So, uh, Won't hold that yeah, against I, you. I That's great. Weddings and funerals. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How did you get involved in the in the uh, the broadcast world with uh, Discovery Channel, for example? And how did how did that all come about for you? Um, yeah, I, I, oh, I we never was, we funny one. Yeah, we never met, so I'm I'm a little bit ignorant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got a phone call uh, without any warning, and it was from uh, Discovery. Uh, a friend had put my name in for Monster House. Yes. And they just started asking me questions, and I had no idea. I'd never seen the show because I don't really watch much television. And I said, sure, I'll do it. And I went in, and we did uh, an interview, and then I just waited for a show. I ended up doing an episode of Monster House, and then within a couple months of doing that, uh, they asked me if I would come in and interview to be a host of a show called Big. Yes. And it went from there. And I'm on both sides of the camera. I get called in to do consulting behind the camera because uh, I know a lot about, oh, because I used to be a, a fabricator. So yes. I know about builds and physics and understanding people. So I can, on a build show, I can see where the mistakes are going to happen, where things are going to crash, but I can also tell who's getting mad at who and about how long before they have a fight. So uh, producers love me for that. Yes. Um in the electric car world, um, how do I want to say this? It's acquainted with the autonomous vehicle world as well. And I need a little education, if you wouldn't mind giving, giving me your thoughts on where are we? I mean, there have been 60 Minutes episodes with Mercedes-Benz, of course, Tesla. Um, and there have been sometimes when there's accidents or fires those tend to be the one the issues that the media focuses on, and maybe maybe or maybe not that industry and its um, relationship with the electric vehicle industry has taken a step backwards before it's gone forward. Or am I not thinking that through correctly? And could you share your opinion on on autonomous vehicles? Well, autonomous vehicles are a tough one. Uh, the ones. The ones that are working now can do specific routes, uh, and they have markers along the way. Um, they're they're actually pretty simple, but full autonomous, with, you know, what Tesla's going for, uh, that's a tough one. But the way that they're set up is they have, you know, all the cars are calling information and putting it into a central database, at least the important information, to learn to drive and learn situations. Um, and if you look at the number of accidents with cars that are in 
the self-driving mode, not full self-driving, but self, you know, that. Yes. Supervised self-driving. Um, if you look at the accident per miles driven, it is a very small fraction compared to regular cars. Um, and so, you know, just because we see it happening doesn't mean it's happening all the time. Um, you know, as, and the same thing with electric car fires. If you look at the number of miles driven gas cars, there's many times more fires in gas cars than there are in electric cars. Thank you. Uh, but yet it scares people because it's, it's new and it's different. I think that might spill over. I don't want to say spill over. That's the wrong choice of words. It might also be part of the hesitation of people in who are proponents or have driven or considering a hydrogen fuel car. Um, they all, they think that the you know the Hindenburg, of course, and that that the, it was a gas fire and then it became a hydrogen fire. But have have you um, come around to hydrogen? Are you a proponent uh, of that as well? And and or no, what are your thoughts? Uh, not at all. Uh-huh. Um, in order for hydrogen to actually work, uh, we need to either have some new discoveries to break some laws of physics. Yes. Because right now, the only source of hydrogen that's viable and affordable is to make it from natural gas. And if you take natural gas and break it down to CO2 and hydrogen, you've lost half its energy and you've got some CO2 you need to get rid of. Yes. Uh, if you want to do it from solar panels and, and crack water, it's going to take four or five times the amount of electricity as it would to drive an electric car. So currently... It's not a solution, and it requires infrastructure for fueling because that's not there either. So, and, you know, it wants the bat- as batteries continue to get better, um, the case for hydrogen gets less and less. I see. Well, thank you for that. I, I've only driven a few of them, and matter of fact, from Northern California to, to Southern California, and it was the first time I ever experienced really going for a longer distance in one of the HOV lanes where, you know, the five or six lanes to the right were... Uh, to stand still, and the HOV lane was, you know, 75 or 80, and um, it was a little bit of a learning curve as a as a layperson to understand that that lane was for me, and if somebody jumped over at the last minute out of frustration, it would have been trouble, but um, that was an interesting, um, an interesting scenario to, to be a part of for the first time, and I think that that goes over with electric cars, too, that there are some things that people may not be aware of, that when they have an electric vehicle, that there are certain opportunities. Uh, I mentioned, you know, acceleration and efficiency earlier on, but it's really nice to have an HOV lane to, to be a part of. I, I, I'm assuming you agree. Oh, yeah. And also, with uh, there are a lot of places still out there that offer free charging. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Because I know a guy who drives his Chevy Bolt for uh, either Lyft or Uber, and uh, he charges at City Hall. So he's driving his car. He's actually making money driving for one of those services because he doesn't have to pay for fuel. That's great. I never thought of that. That's a really good point to make, yeah. Um, well, uh, if, if, if I, I'm in the industry, obviously you're in the industry and, and know far more about it than I do, but if a person uh, has driven uh, a gasoline car, maybe they're the person who always buys Ford, Chevy, or whatever, and, and they're marginally considering you know, I've been reading about these electric vehicles or a, even a hybrid vehicle. Um, what is a good launching point for someone who might be considering it but has to be won over? What? Give me some thoughts on, on that, Reverend, if you would. Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because uh, I know some people who are really 
hardcore against electric. And, yes. You know, and therefore, guys, but now that there's the Mach-E, yes. now they're considering. So I think for some people, it just takes a good car of, of their brand to get them in there. Or conversely, you know, driving driving something like a Tesla and going, wow, you know, that's amazing. It's It just depends on what's going to get them in there. Yes. And, and, and also for me, you know, I have solar panels, so uh, and it doesn't take much in the way of solar panels to drive for free. That's right. Uh, or, or in it's fact, what's interesting is that you know, like I know people who do uh, what they call energy audits, where they'll come to your house and show you all the places where you're losing energy. Yes. And most of the time, they can show you to save how to save enough energy that you drive your car for free. That's interesting. That's great. And and. Are you a proponent of some, if if not solar panels, are you a proponent of the home charging units? Do you like uh, not if you, you know, you're not representing a brand necessarily, but do, uh, do those work for you um, figuratively? People have those. Oh yeah, I have I have level two charging mm-hmm. um, here at my home. I've got two of them. Uh huh. You know, so I can charge client cars and, and my own cars. I see. Which means my client cars leave on on solar electricity, which is great. Yes. And well, I actually run all the equipment as well, the plasma cutters and the big presses and everything, everything, the welding machines, it all runs on solar. I generate enough to run the entire shop. Boy, that's that's good to know. Um, and, I th- yeah, I've told people, why would they say, why would you ever do that? And I said, well, I, if I did it, uh, the next purchase I have would be an electric, will be an electric car, and it will have the – we in Northern California, we have Sacramento Municipal Utility District – and maybe there's uh, equivalents in Southern California and other parts of the country where they actually pay for a good percentage of the um, the unit that you purchase or lease. Yeah. Yeah. Um, changing topics again, um, Gadget. Uh, Jeremy Renner was in the news lately, as you probably are well aware. And um, in his recovery, he's talked about um, that he likes to buy these big uh, Peterbilt uh, trucks that have been um, abandoned or school buses, and he change. You probably know the story better than I do. He changes them into uh, vehicles for uh, parties, uh, needy kids, you know, uh, whatever they may be. He's he's done a good thing in his in his world, and he's going to get back to doing that. How do you feel about the electric vehicle world in um, let's just say Peterbilt trucks or or these big in- industrial trucks? I've been to Long Beach enough to know that. Boy, uh, there there are more of those big trucks around than there are passenger vehicles. Can I have some thoughts on on the big the, the big eighteen wheelers and and it being electric? Well, most most eighteen wheelers um, drive less than five hundred miles, so um, having them be electric is a no brainer. Uh, there's you know the maintenance issues are gone, um, the fuel costs are much lower. I know in the ports uh, in L.A. they already are using. Uh, electric electric trucks to move things around in the yard so now with some of the newer trucks coming out that can actually do like between two and five hundred miles um that can take care of a huge percentage i think it's something like 80 percent of trucking is is shorter runs and so you know if it can be managed that way because diesel still as clean as you can get it it's still puts out particulates and it still stinks as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it does. And don't ever get it on, don't ever get it on your hands. When I travel, uh, you know, like 
going to certain cities, you just expect the smell of, of diesel. And I noticed like the last time I went to London, it's like, oh, it doesn't smell as easily as it used to. And the same thing in Paris. So it's, you know, things are changing. Yeah. You know, in L.A., you, you never smell a diesel bus anymore, just the trucks. Gotcha. I, gosh, I, I've only, I only go usually once or twice a year, you know, the L.A. Auto Show and maybe one other function. But I hadn't noticed that. But now that now that you mentioned that next time I go, I'll. I probably will notice it only because you've said so. So that's that's great to know. Um, going back to this event that's upcoming, you mentioned there are other events like it, but what what would you recommend to the, a person or a family, let's say, who wants to go to the show for the first time and they're enthusiastic about it and they're interested in, in the new technologies? Do you have any general uh, ideas of, or how they how should they approach it? What's what's a good way? I would say sign up for a ride and drive. Yes. You know, if you haven't been electric car, definitely do it. That's uh, it'll change your world. You know, especially getting something like a Tesla, so you can really feel what uh, what acceleration is all about. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's really different. Uh, you know, like we say, loud is the new slow. It's uh, my neighborhood. I hear these loud cars all the time. I'm just I'm dying to get out there in my truck just to blow them, blow them away. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, is there a need? Uh, you triggered a thought, uh, and I'm sorry. There's again no transition here, but have uh, is there a need for some of the electric cars to have? Um, I don't know exactly what they're calling it. Piped in uh, sounds, so somebody walking or on a, on a bicycle can can hear an, e an electric vehicle uh, coming, you know, approaching them. Is that a is that a good thing? You know, I don't know that it's necessary. I know that some cars have. A soft horn so yes not, you know if, if you do see someone you can just hit the soft horn but uh you know the rolls royce is just as quiet as an electric car and you hear it coming tires yes make tire noise you hear you know rolling on the street so it's not like they're totally silent um it may be in a parking lot if it's super clean it might be totally silent but like i say if you have the soft horn you can alert people gotcha um, that's but, that's what it is a soft horn i hadn't thought of the term thank you thank you for that um, yeah, instead of the blaring one that scares you to death, that's yes, not fair. <laughs> that's right. Uh, be, it would be more detrimental that that way than it would be to have the soft horn. Um, yeah. In in the future, uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know that twenty thirty is involved and twenty thirty five is involved, and I don't really want to jump into politics too much. But there are these um, regulations on the horizon and maybe some of them are state to state some of them have been challenged some are federal uh can can you as an expert provide some thoughts uh, can we do that as the public and the public is that a realistic goal in, in what way well i think by i think by 2035 and correct me please if if it's been amended that there will be no uh manufactured new gas vehicles no, right? yes yes yeah, by that time, by 2035, we're going to have enough range where, you know, I think most people's complaints will go away. Yes. Again, it's once people know electric and they've driven it and they see that, you know, without, you don't have to worry about maintenance. I mean, all these issues that go out the window. Uh, and those people who really love the noise, they can keep their old car. You know, it doesn't mean that you, you have to give it up. It just means you can't buy a new one. That's correct. Uh, but I think people will grow tired of the noise. I know I already have. And having silent power is uh, so much fun. Yes. Yeah, it really is fun. I, I, I'm not even a performance guy, but even as a non-performance guy, I get 
I have to say, I get a kick out of it. When you want to do something, um, you don't have to, you, you don't have to hesitate anymore. <laughs> it's really something. To... Yeah, you kind of you jump into the lane. It's like a bar of soap getting squirted into the next lane. That's right. Um, I guess there's one other area I wanted to ask about. It's it's um, at the LA Auto Show as an example. In recent years, there have been a number of brands, a number of new manufacturers that. They look pretty exciting. Uh, Byton comes to mind. The new one is VinFast. There have been others, uh, some of which may uh, arrive, some of which are um, stopped before they started. Is there is it more of a financial picture with those people who had that the owners of those companies who had you know grandiose ideas and the and the business of it just wasn't any good, or did did the EV industry reach a saturation before it even reached a saturation if that makes any sense it you know it's interesting it was like uh, oh, what was that uh i'm blanking on the car the hybrid uh fisker yes so that was you know we all followed fisker and there were a lot of decisions made that had to do with design rather than good engineering and so you end up with a sports car that weighs as much as an F-150 and only gets 20 miles to the gallon as a hybrid, right? Yes. So it's not like that thing was going to succeed. Uh, and so sometimes it's, you know, there's a good idea and there might be some good engineering, but if you don't have the right people running the company, yes, because uh, it really takes good management to make these things work. Uh, it's a big deal starting a new car company, and Tesla's been the first one in decades, it's been able to do it because everyone else just crashes and burns. But Tesla's managed to do it, and now that it's so different, that is, you know, making a car is so different because you don't have to build an engine with hundreds of parts anymore. Yeah. Uh, yes. I simpler to bring cars to market, but you still have to have the the right marketing and the right management and everything in place to make it work. Gotcha. And I think uh, I read. Um, that um, the new company that's uh, the Vin, VinFast, the Vietnamese car, that, as you know, uh, the mothership company has been in you know Vietnam for a while. So its, it's pr- approach is different than some of the other ones. And I think that some of those cars have debuted in, in Southern California recently. Uh, have you had any experience with, uh, with VinFast? I have not seen that one yet. Okay. I've only seen it in the press. I've not seen one live in the wild yet yeah it's going to be interesting to see i mean they had pretty they have pretty deep pockets and they've spent a tremendous amount you know marketing the car and and um they're sponsoring athletic events and you know spending a good good chunk of uh of coins to promote it but like the other ones we'll see if it uh you know if it if it comes to the horizon uh comes comes to the forefront in southern california northern california other states it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on well, the hardest thing with new car companies, um, yes, with new electric car companies, is you've got to really pay attention to your batteries and your battery management. Yes, because you've already seen things like the Chevy Bolt and the Recall because of their cell issues and the BMS issues. If you don't get that right, I mean, the rest of it is not as important. But the BMS, the battery management system, is the most important thing because if that goes haywire, your either your batteries can catch fire or they'll, they'll break, or any of the other problems that you can have. So that is paramount. If you screw that one up, 
you you will either be faced with your whole business collapsing or huge recalls. It's just uh, it's not good. Thank you. Yeah, the battery. Uh, I think that's a lot on a on a lot of people's mind. If going back to the people uh, buyers who may be consumers who may be interested in the electric vehicle, they often reference, well, what about the battery? So thank you for covering that that base. I didn't really ask the question, and I appreciate your kind of filling in the blanks there. That's a that's a big challenge for a lot of people to to overcome. So is there anything? Well, else? Go no, ahead. I, that's something that I have to pay attention to because I'm I I use I use batteries from the secondary market. Yes. So I use crash Teslas and, uh, and Fiat's and occasionally the leaf. And so, but there's other batteries I don't use. Like I wouldn't use something that I already know has, has issues. Yes. Um, Cause I don't want to introduce that into my conversions. I, I love using the Tesla parts cause they're, they're proven and, uh, and they're pretty great. Gotcha. But that fit in everybody's car. So, Sometimes I have to use something else, but I only use batteries that I know have a proven track record. Great. Hey, uh, Greg, uh, I can call you three, Greg, <laughs> uh, Reverend, uh, Gadget, and whatever you like. I don't want to be uh, say something I shouldn't say, but all three of those names, um, thank you very much um, for the half hour. I could sp- spend all day because I'm just soaking up your your knowledge, and I want to <laughs> learn more about it. But thank you for the last half hour. We want to remind listeners that... The Free Earth Expo uh, is April 21st to 23rd at the Dallas Fair Park. And um, I'm sure that you'll be there at various times, if not the whole time. And they can introduce themselves, people can introduce themselves to you and your involvement. And, and, I, and your show, um, the third episode is coming up. So thank you for uh, your expertise today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Very much appreciate it. And, uh, and thanks for what you do. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. Take care. Bye now. All right.